Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Oh, yeah! Welcome back to another episode of Tube Talk presented by vidIQ. I am your host, Viper, the man about tech executive producer of social media here at the IQ. And it's funny because I say executive producer of social media all the time. But basically what it means is I am the head of social media at vidIQ. I am the guy that runs our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook account. If it's vidIQ, social media, then probably me. But, you know, as being the head of social media at vidIQ, I am privileged to have the opportunity to talk to you all practically every day on our social media account. Over the past year or so, one of the things that I have done on our Twitter account is audit your thumbnail. Now, the beautiful thing about me auditing your thumbnails, and yes, it is Viper, the one that's out. I'm the one auditing your thumbnail, in case you guys were wondering. Maybe you thought it was Robert Dan. That's not Robert Dan auditing your thumbnails. That is Viper. That's me. But when I'm auditing your thumbnail, the thing that I love about it is that I see some of the same creators come back to ask me to audit their thumbnails week after week. And I can see the improvement in what I'm telling you to do or the feedback that I'm giving you. And I love that. It makes me smile because even though I still get paid, whether you listen to me or not, the one thing I don't like doing at all is having or I feel like I'm having my time wasted. I don't want to be talking to you all, suggesting feedback on your thumbnails, and then you take it and do nothing with it. Because then I feel like I'm wasting my time or I'm not getting through to you or whatever the case may be. Now, sometimes some of you all disagree with what I say or you question what I tell you or not. I might not know the particulars of your niche or what you're trying to do with your thumbnail all the time. I do the best I can. But for the most part, I know I provide value because you guys come back each and every week and the audits do very well for our social account. So in this particular podcast, I am going to go through some thumbnail do's and don'ts here. We're going to do it auditorially, uh, verbally here on the podcast for you all. Just from the things that I've seen over the past year of me auditing your thumbnails on Twitter. Again, this is something that I do as being a head of social media, although uh, it is not a part of my job requirement to do this. I just do this because I have six years of experience as a content creator, and I want to see you all win. So I am not required to audit your thumbnails at all. But I do it because you guys respond to it, clearly bringing you value and the one thing that I want to make sure I do in my job here at VidIQ is bring you value. So with that being said, let me go ahead and provide some value for you on this podcast as it relates to some do's and don'ts of YouTube thumbnails. Number one, well, these are not really going to be number first, I just said number one. But when I'm auditing your thumbnails, a lot of you all, you make videos that are part of a playlist or you make videos that are part of a series. There are, there are a collection of videos that are, you guys usually have number one, two, three, et cetera, et cetera, right? So when you are making these videos and you're crafting thumbnails for these videos that are part of a playlist or a series, you put the episode number in the thumbnail. And every time I see this on our thumbnail audit, or if I'm on the live stream doing a channel audit, when I see it, the first thing I say, and y'all know what I'm about to say, you do not need the part number, the episode number in your video thumbnail. 
If you want to put it in your title, fine. If you want to put it in your description, even better. If you're going to put the part number or episode number in there, I would rather you put it in the description. And you all always ask me, Viper, why? Here's why. When I am a viewer going up and down my YouTube feed trying to watch a video, I'm watching a video, more than likely, I'm watching a video for a one-off. Like, I'm not trying to enter into what they call a watch session. Like, there's a high probability that unless I'm particularly impressed with you as a creator, I'm not going to go watch your other video. So as creators, we need to make sure that our videos can stand on their own or they look like they can stand on their own. If I look at a video with a part number in the thumbnail, I, now maybe this is me, but I'm going to probably skip it because automatically I'm getting the expectation of the viewer that I'm not going to get the complete value just from this one video because it's a part of a series of videos. I don't want to, I don't want to feel like I have to watch two or three more videos to get the gist of the video that comes across my feed. Do you understand what I'm saying, you all? Basically, I'm asking you guys, or I'm telling you guys not to include the part number to not overburden the viewer with the expectation of having to watch multiple videos to get the value that they're looking for the one video that they come across in the in their feed. So this is why I always tell you guys, obviously, if the video is a part of a series or a playlist, put it in a playlist, right? And then you could you could order it in a playlist as it is supposed to appear. But the video should look like it should stand alone by itself when a viewer is scrolling up and down YouTube because I don't want a viewer to skip your video because it immediately gives them the expectation or the feeling that they have to watch multiple videos. A lot of people are on top of that. Like, remember, we are talking about people for the most part today, myself included, who have short attention fans. I don't want to come across the video that I feel like could uh, potentially not give me the value that I'm looking for because it's a part of a playlist of videos that I have to watch the whole playlist. So this is why I always tell you guys, and this is why Robert Dan tell you guys, don't put part numbers in the thumbnail. The best place to put that stuff is in the description uh, if you want to do that, just so you don't scare the viewer off. And if you put the video in a playlist anyway, the next video in the playlist is going to be automatically suggested behind that video anyway. So you don't need to indicate that it's part of a, uh, a set list in the thumbnail. Don't do that. YouTube will take care of that naturally for you. So the lesson here is don't scare the viewer away. Make sure your video can stand on their own independently of other videos, even if they are part of a playlist. So maybe that viewer watching that video and they're like, oh, this is a good video, but it's a part of a playlist. Then let them decide whether or not they want to go and watch the other videos in the playlist and not immediately overburden them with the expectation that, yes, they have to do that. Moving on. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about this next one is that uh, Rob knows that it's something that gets me on my bad side when I'm looking at it during the live stream, and that is red text on thumbnails. We don't do red text on thumbnails. And the reason why we don't do red text on thumbnails is because it's generally hard to read on YouTube. I mean, unless you have it against a white background, but generally red text just looks bad. It, it kind of it kind of doesn't stand out very much on YouTube. Because you have to remember the platform colors, uh, YouTube, what, let, me, let me let me open up my uh, YouTube app and see what I'm looking at right now. So if I open up my YouTube app, and I have it in dark mode, but we got black, obviously, uh, red, there's a lot of red in there, and uh, white is a part of the YouTube color. So red kind of blends in, per se. So this is another reason why we kind to uh, kind of steer you away from red tech, because it all kind of blends in after a while, because red is a part of YouTube, uh, the colors on the platform. 
red text and sometimes it's hard to read. A lot of times it's hard to read, this, that, and the other. So just avoid red text on your thumbnail. But while we're talking about colors, let me go to another thing that you should be aware of when you're making thumbnails. And you should be aware of the color that you are using when you create your thumbnail. Viper, what do you mean? So if you have a red background, do not use red text. If you have a green background, do not use green text. Do you know why? Because if your text is the same color as your background, guess what? I can't read your text because it blends in with the background. So you need to be careful of the colors that you're using for your background, your text, any graphic designs, logos, any images that you use in the thumbnail. You need to make sure that the color contrast and complement each other to the point where the subject of your thumbnail pops. So if you are using a white background, black text, maybe red text or whatever, maybe a uh, maybe darker color text for a white background. If you're using a darker color background, do you want brighter color text, yellows, white, things like that? So just be aware of how your colors contrast and complement each other when you are making a thumbnail. Really look at analyze your thumbnail before you decide to use it on your video. Make sure that you can really understand the messaging that you're trying to get across with that thumbnail. Look at the colors. Do they make sense? Are they easily visible? Things like that that a viewer, a random person that comes across your thumbnail will be able to understand and easily discern what you're trying to say, the message that you're trying to convey in your thumbnail. And it all has to happen very quickly, usually in a matter of two seconds or less. If it takes longer than two seconds for a person to understand your thumbnail, you probably lost them, to be honest. Again, you are up against thousands of other videos on YouTube at any given time. Just open up your YouTube app right now. Pull out your phone. Open up your YouTube app. And look at all the thumbnails that are presented your way as you scroll up and down your app. That is what you're up against as the creator. And you need to consider that by making sure you create a thumbnail that pops and make somebody stop in their scroll and become curious about your video. And while we're talking about text on thumbnails, we said it before time and time again, but I'll tell you again here on the podcast, you want to limit the amount of text you use on your thumbnails. My rule is three words or less. Some people need more text because of the messaging they try to convey. I would say if you absolutely have to have more text, no more than five words of text on a thumbnail. And that's too much. For me, three words or less. And this is because you don't want to overcomplicate the thumbnail. You don't want to block out some of the imagery on your thumbnail by overdoing it with the text. Too much text on the thumbnail, it kind of convoluted and clustered. It's just, it's not good. Three words or less with the text on your thumbnail. The title is where your the majority of your text should go. The thumbnail is meant as a complement for the title. The thumbnail and the title should be married to each other. If you want to be verbose in your text, be verbose in your title. Don't be verbose in your thumbnail. Don't do that. The thumbnail is supposed to be the imagery that represents the text of your title. It's supposed to tell a visual story of what your title would try to represent. You don't need to overburden your thumbnail with text when the title is there to do that for you. But uh, I digress. <laughs> this episode of Tube Talk is brought to you by vidIQ's competitors tool. Checking in on what your competition is doing can be a great way to keep up with trends in your area of expertise. If you have vidIQ installed, you can find this tool on the left-hand sidebar within the YouTube studio 
and from there you can begin adding channels as your competitors. I like to select a range of channels, from the ones that I find to be the leading voices in my niche, all the way down to channels that get similar views to my own. The way that this helps me personally is that I can start to actually detect patterns in the types of videos that my competitors are releasing, which helps me discover some fresh ideas that are already proven to be working. The vidIQ extension works in both Chrome and Firefox browsers, and you can download it for free at vidIQ.com. Also, when we're talking about doing thumbnails on YouTube, you want to keep it simple. Again, it goes back to limiting text, watching out for your colors, all this stuff. But again, when we are scrolling YouTube, trying to find videos to watch, when the viewer is scrolling YouTube, they need to understand your thumbnail pretty quickly. Keep it simple. Don't do too much with the thumbnail. Don't put too much text. Don't include too many pictures, this, that, and the other. Don't overcomplicate your thumbnail and make it difficult or more difficult to understand because then you risk losing the viewer. You want your thumbnail to pop. You want it to be easy to understand and you want it to relay the messaging of your title so that way a viewer clicks on your thumbnail and they are into the video. Your thumbnail, as we talked about with a title before in the podcast, but your thumbnails also need to have elements of curiosity, fear, desire, something like that. Something that acts as a psychological trigger for a viewer to stop and click on your thumbnail and get into your video. Because, again, we talk about it a lot with vidIQ. Packaging is everything. And what I mean by packaging, title, thumbnail. That is packaging on YouTube. Your packaging is the most important aspect determining whether or not your video gets watched. Your packaging, your title, your thumbnail especially your thumbnail because the thumbnail is usually the first thing that somebody sees before they see your title. They see your thumbnail. Packaging is everything. So keep the thumbnail simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it any harder than it has to be. Don't overdo it with too many images. I see you all out there using collages in your thumbnails. No, absolutely not. Do not use collages in your thumbnail. Now, I understand that there are some cases for a little, uh, a two-picture collage. Maybe you're doing a before and after scene. Okay, that's fine. If you're doing a before and after, cool. I got no problem with you. But if you're putting three or more images in your thumbnail, you are doing too much because you are overcomplicating it and it's going to be a lot more difficult for somebody to understand potentially if you're using three images in your thumbnail, especially if you're combining that with text. It's too much. It's too much. Two images or less in your thumbnail, a before and an after or whatever you got to do to keep your thumbnail simplistic. Do not do a collage in your thumbnail. Just don't do it. You are setting yourself up for failure if you're doing a collage in your thumbnail. Grouping a bunch of pictures together in a collage type format on your thumbnail is a recipe for disaster. Don't do it, creator. Don't do it. Also, when you are crafting your thumbnail, you need to be mindful of the devices that your viewers are watching your video from. So, on my own personal YouTube channel, I went into my analytics and I went into uh, I did a little research into the percentage of where my audience is watching my videos or what type of device is my audience watching my videos on. So over half of my audience is watching on their smartphone. But the next percentage, the next high percentage of my audience are watching uh, my videos on a computer, which I found kind of di- odd. But I mean, a lot of us are using computers, so that kind of makes sense. But. Knowing that over half of the people, and this isn't true for all of YouTube, not just for me, but 
knowing over half of the people viewing YouTube are viewing it from a mobile device, talking about a smartphone uh, or something like that, smartphone, tablet, maybe, or whatever it is, a smaller screen, you need to optimize your thumbnail to be understood on a smaller display. So here's what you do. Whatever thumbnail, program, software, whatever it is that you use to create your thumbnail, you need, after you're done with it, you need to scale it down to make sure that you can still understand it on a smaller scale. So you can easily do this on your smartphone by pinching, uh, pinching the zoom, zoom in, zoom out. Zoom out to make sure that when you zoom out of that thumbnail, it can still be understood easily because it's going to be looked at on a smaller display of a cell phone side. We're talking five, six, seven-inch screen. So you need to make sure that your thumbnail can be understood on a smaller scale. So you maybe you created it on your computer, or maybe you create you do what I do and you create your thumbnails on your tablet. That's fine, but it's one thing to create your thumbnails on a tablet. It's another matter entirely when a viewer watching from a phone, an iPhone or an Android, whatever. You need to scale your thumbnails down to make sure that they are still acceptable and can be seen on a smaller device since that's where most of the people are watching YouTube from these days anyway. They're watching from a smartphone. So make sure your thumbnails pop even if they are reduced in size because of the screen that they're being watched on. Also, when you are creating your thumbnails, Try to limit the uh, negative space, the blank areas in your thumbnails. Some of you all like have like a whole half a thumbnail that you haven't used. And one side of the thumbnail has nothing happening. And the other side of where all the action is happening or something. Or maybe you had a lot of stuff going on at the uh, bottom, middle of the thumbnail, but nothing going on at the top of the thumbnail. Don't do that. You have all the real estate at your disposal for your thumbnail. So use it. And you should use it because, again, your thumbnails... And the things on it need to be bigger, per se. Like when you are, like let's say you have like, like two or three people on your thumbnail. They need to be big so I can see them and understand their emotions and read their emotions and what they're doing on that thumbnail, right? Or if you're using text, the text needs to be big. Because again, not everybody's watching from a tablet or a computer. Most people are watching from a smartphone. So your text needs to be bigger so it can be read on a smartphone. And you can do this by making sure that you're utilizing every inch of that thumbnail possible and not leaving blank space. Use the space that you have available and don't cheapen yourself on the space. Use all of it, or not all of it. Use as much of it as you can without overdoing it. But ultimately, keep it simple, as I mentioned earlier. But don't be leaving negative space on your thumbnail that you could be using to make it more presentable to a viewer. Again, the whole situation here is to make sure that I look at your thumbnail and in a matter of two seconds or less, understand what's going on. And I'm intrigued enough to click on your video because it does not matter how much blood, sweat and tears you put into the video. If it doesn't get clicked, it doesn't matter. The whole goal of packaging is to make sure that we get people in your door meaning we get people to click on your video. That is the whole goal. Okay? The video could be booty, but at least they saw it. <laughs> you know? You know? I'm just saying. Don't cover me, y'all. Don't cover me. I'm just saying. We want people in the door. We want to get people in the door. Now, some of y'all create clickbait-type thumbnails. Now, how you determine clickbait in one way or another, I don't know. But you do want to have an element of clickbait because you want to bait people to click on your thumbnail. Now, when they click on a thumbnail, 
you better deliver on the value that your thumbnail presented and not okie pull the okie doke on them because then they're going to cancel you. <laughs> Don't do that. But you definitely want to make your thumbnails act that bait, kind of like fishing in a way, you know? You want to throw the lure in there, the lure being your thumbnail, make it enticing enough to catch the fish, catch the viewer's eyes, and have them click or have the fish bite down. And it can't happen if you click on your video, it's having them bite down. Uh, they, we were talking about them in the, as a fish. <laughs> I don't know, I'm all over the place, but you know what I'm saying? The thumbnail is supposed to be the lure that draws the viewer in to click on your video. It is this important. That, that's why we're having this whole podcast because the thumbnails are that important. Because again, nobody is going to watch your video if they don't click on it in the first place. And I need more of you all to understand because I've seen, I've done tweets asking you all how much time you put into your thumbnails and somebody answers, um, let's just say y'all could use a little bit more uh, time in the lab with your thumbnails. I'm not, I don't know about y'all here, but some of y'all can use a little bit more time in the lab creating your thumbnail because I don't think we understand just how valuable a good thumbnail is on YouTube. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about adding this in the podcast, but let me add this in the podcast. Did you realize that next year, YouTube is going to be releasing a uh, test and compare option on your channel where you can upload like two or three thumbnails and then have YouTube rotate them to figure out which one does best. But until that feature gets here, did you know that you yourself can manually uh, rotate thumbnails in and out if, let's say, you put out a video, right? And you have a baseline for how your video normally performs in the first hour. Let's say your CTR is kind of low on the lower end for that first hour. Well, guess what you can do? You can switch your thumbnail. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Um, You know, this is something that it took me a few years to kind of learn and catch on, but I do it myself, right? If you put a thumbnail in there that's not doing the job, then you can change it. Now, this change kind of takes more effect the sooner you do it after the video published. So I would say maybe the first hour to 24 hours and probably gonna have a better effect than doing it later on, even though you can do it later on down the road. You absolutely can, but it has the greatest effect when you make that change within the first 24 hours after uploading the video. But if your video underperformed out of the gate, you absolutely can go out there and change your thumbnail and give your video a, a fighting chance. I would recommend you do that. Stay on top of it. But you got to be on top of your analytics and know what CTR is typical for your channel. And if your video starts off underperforming, you got to understand what CTR seems like it's underperforming for your channel. And then you got to jump on that and make that change as soon as you can. But the sooner the better. I'm not saying that you can't do it for older videos. I mean, if you feel like you have an older video that you might want to try to revive, change the thumbnail. I'm not making any promises on that. But what I can tell you from personal experience is that uh, changing a thumbnail after the first hour to 24 hours definitely has the greatest impact on um, giving that video a chance if it comes out of the gates underperforming. Also, here's an extra tip before we get out of here. If you are having trouble coming up with thumbnail ideas, Figure out what your video you want your video to be about. Type that into your YouTube search bar and look at the thumbnails that populate page one. Because those thumbnails are the ones that are getting the click. And your thumbnail should be something along the lines of what you see on page one of your search results. So that is an easy, surefire way to get an idea of the type of thumbnail that you should be doing. If you're having thumbnail uh, block and you don't know what to do to create a compelling thumbnail, type in the idea that you want to make a video about. And look at the thumbnails that populate on page one and draw some inspiration. Don't go copying people verbatim, though. But definitely take inspiration from the thumbnails that appear on page one 
and then go into the lab and make your own thumbnail along those lines. And you're probably going to be on the right track. I want to see y'all win, man. That's why we do what we do at VidIQ. We want to see everybody win a content creator. We want to see you grow and explode your YouTube channel. We know you all have had a great 2023. We expect big things out of you in 2024. And I will be back next week with another episode of Tube Talk presented by VidIQ. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk brought to you by VidIQ. Head over to vidiq.com slash tube talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.